0: Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and culture. I'm Aaron Smith.
1: And I am James Allen Hall. For those uh, listening for the first time, uh, we do this show in segments. We do
0: literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do, we interview. We shade. We laugh. And we are not for everyone. mm Hey, Aaron, are you ready to play Do You Believe in Life After Love? Absolutely. If it's going where I think it's going, then 100%. It's going
1: down. All right. So the (laughs) game, here's the game, really. I'm going to read uh, some lyrics from songs by this artist you probably never heard of. Her name is Cher. She's a global icon. Is she up and coming? (laughs) She's up and coming, girl. She's (laughs) 77 years old. Oh, my gosh. Um and, Spry is all hell. She could beat me up a fucking mountain. Mm, no, mm-hmm. easy. No doubt. Yeah. All right. So I'll read songs or uh, song lyrics, and then I want you to tell me the poet or the poem that you associate with those lyrics.
0: Okay. So like, what comes to me? What comes to you? It's just okay.
1: pure association. Okay. It's like, okay. it's like shera- Sherapy.
0: therapy. <laughs> oh, I love that sherapy. I love it. Okay. I found someone to take away the heartache. For some reason, immediately, I thought of Dorian Locke's book, What We Carry. Oh, I, I love d- that book. I do too. And I feel like nobody writes sex with the economy that she writes sex in that book. The section of sex poems, like they're, the, they're these tiny poems mm. and she fits so much of the world into them. There's even the one poem like... Like she is about to come, and the and the Mm. poem opens with like the orgasm almost happening, and the rest of the poem is like up to the orgasm, Mm. and it's like you're like, "Ah." (laughs) she's just so good at making every detail, yeah, idea
1: bearing, yeah, and do work in the poem that's more than you know decor, right, or texture for the poem. Yeah. Yeah, I love that's actually a book I keep like on my. Desk yep. at all times,
0: and I I've taught it before, but I don't enjoy teaching it because I like it so much that if the students aren't a hundred percent positive, I don't I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, three hundred percent there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all right. If you associated a poem with the word "tramp," <laughs> what would
0: it be? <laughs> and I can't just say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you
1: can <laughs> Perfect.
0: Oh, no, but really, what is the sluttiest poem you know? Timothy Lou has a poem called In the Outhouse. Ah. And it's like it's something like he thrust his meat down my throat. It's that's how it starts. But it's like totally trampy. Yeah. Mm, dirty. Yeah, it is. And I'm trying delicious. to think. it is, I think, I do think Timothy, he was someone that I read very early and he, he did give me a lot of permission mm-hmm. to write sex because he was a poet. I mean, this book is with Copper Canyon. So it was a poet with a major press who was writing really queer work. And I just didn't, you know, a. I, I a professor I was studying with in my MFA gave me the book and it's like, you need to read this. And it was really liberating. Yeah. So so I say tramp celebratory celebratory. Oh yeah. No slut shaming ever here because then I would
1: just be shamed everywhere I go. Yes. Yes. Um, And I will just also say his anthology, Tim Lou's anthology word of mouth uh, mm, uh gay yeah. poets uh, yeah. yeah yeah so important all right now to complete um that share song title what about
0: thief thief i mean this is too obvious but i think of the good thief oh. is that too obvious is that too, no that's like, actually really
1: sweet instead of like i don't know uh, a younger like some... poet who's like stolen your lines or something. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened.
0: Um, uh, that was
1: very sweet. I actually kind of gave you a little moment for bitterness, I just, and I you just went fe- to the sweetness. I just, I, I mean, I
0: felt, it. I felt the shade descend, as you know. But I, but I actually have just had that book out, rereading it, and I can't read Gretel from a sudden clearing mm. often without crying. Mm. That's one poem. Do you have a poem that makes you cry when you read it out loud? Like you have to be careful if you read it out loud. It's a Marie Howe poem too. Really? Which yeah. One? Uh, it is called
1: The Attic from. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a masterful poem.
0: Uh, it's from What the Living Do. That, that's Yeah. Those two books together, I, they, they're in communication. I think in some ways that the first one is that book told in like mythology, Christian mythology. Mm-hmm. And then the second one's like that book more opened up. That would be mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like those same, many of those same stories, one told more narratively in spare, you know, because I think of like um the brother being afraid of like the shards yeah. of the chandelier, but then also what the angels left, the scissors. Yeah. On the ground, right. Haunting.
1: That book is just incredible. Too. I, I It was one of the first times I, I I was at a poetry reading and saw her read from that book and literally had to go outside after the reading and like hug something living that was not a human being something Mm -hmm. that would be maybe i've already talked about this with you before but just Mm -hmm. something that was lasting beyond Mm -hmm. um a human lifetime i I think that's my hugged a tree
0: i think that's my favorite first book where you said that yours is um hybrids of plants and ghosts Mm -hmm. the good thief is my favorite first book that is a terrific book.
1: All right, um, and we're obviously not doing the first word of that because yeah, appropriation well, yeah, and yeah.
0: nastiness.
1: But you know, yeah. it was the seventies, right? Yeah. We, I guess, we didn't know. And mm-hmm. you know, Cher has done much good, including yeah, giving,
0: yeah.
1: like, donating water to Flint,
0: Michigan, right? and and rescuing the elephant. Oh, right. Just I haven't recently. Did you see that? I haven't seen you know, it. No, my friends told me to get to get the free subscription, watch the show, and then get rid of the subscription in the same evening. That's what they did.
1: All right. So this is maybe you can interpret this however you want. It's from the song Main Man, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite little B sides. Mm-hmm. Uh and you're my main man. When you call my heart goes sailing. My feet refuse to touch the ground when you come around.
0: Who's your main man? O'Hara. Yeah. O'Hara, O'Hara, and then more contemporarily Tim Dugos, you know, and it's and it's Tim Dugos and David Trinidad, but David's like a real friend, you know, so it's weird uh-huh. to say like your friend, you know, but I love David's work, but probably Tim and you know, because I like thinking of like, you know, poets who are, you know, locked in, you know, like it's it's Frank O'Hara and Tim Dugos. All right. This is uh in another vein.
1: Uh I can't figure you out, but a heart must be the one thing you were born without. Ooh. Hmm. Who's a poet that you just can't figure out and you think is just too cold? All mind, no heart.
0: Amy Clampett.
1: Oh, that's a good
0: answer. And you know, I feel like, I think this story's true. I was studying... I believe Betsy, this is a harmless story. It's a funny story. So Uh Betsy show up studying with her and she said, somebody told like Linda Hall was on a boat. Maybe it was the ferry to Provincetown or something. Mm -hmm. And someone said to her, look, here's a good Amy Clampett poem. And she took the book and threw it off the boat and said, (laughs) there is no such thing as a good Amy Clampett poem. So I think, but again, if I, if I, I'm saying that in the spirit of just a fun maybe it's a myth, but literary story. I would never mean any harm with that. Oh, like I think course. that's just one of those great stories that goes down in poetry, mythology. And and even yeah. if it's not true, you want it to be true because it's kind of fab. So Absolutely. All right. Another one. Now I'm strong enough to
1: know you've got to go. There's no more to say. So save your breath and walk away. What's your favorite breakup poem? Ooh.
0: I feel like, I feel like Cher does it better than the poets do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm trying to think like who gives me the sustenance of your breakup. I feel like if I'm going to break up, I'm going to go listen to Cher. I'm not going to open a book of poems. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. (laughs) Like I want someone to say fuck off. Like Uh I don't know. Like who, which poet do you know that says fuck off? You broke my heart. Oh, I mean. Broke my heart. Just fuck you. I like that
1: Linda Gregg poem, but like, I just thought of it while we were talking, mm-hmm.
0: um, the uh, asking for directions. I do love that poem. Yeah, that's a good breakup poem. Yeah, but I once I, I like a violent, to you know, tempestuous, ugly. Oh, I know a poem that you've you showed mess. me. You taught me that hate poem. Yeah, but I think of that poem, if you read it closely, they're still together. Oh, they are? If you look at it, it's, it's, that's oh. Julie Sheehan's The Hate Poem. Like, I think it's still intimate. Like, they're still living together. Two idealists in a broken mm. submarine is how it ends. I think they're still together.
1: And then there's that Louise Glick poem uh, called no. Rosie. Do you know that poem? <laughs>
0: about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> it's about Rosie
1: O'Donnell when she was the queen of nice and, and lusting after. No.
0: It's I about would, a dog. I would say, okay, so I can't think of the title of it. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, if I'm going to poems, Glick is where I would go. Uh-huh. Yeah. And probably Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. And she says, you took me to the place where I could see the evil in my character and left me there. Oh. And we'll find which poem, but that I would go Glick. Thank you. Yeah, I would go Glick. That yeah. would be that would be the place that I would go for breakups. Because there's just a brutality and a and a deep honesty yeah. that only she can bring to it. She's fucking incredible. Yeah. Thank um, you for bringing her up for me because I'm like, yeah. Sure. Sure. Meadowlands sure. is an incredible book.
1: I have a theory that people like are either wild irisons or Meadowlandsians. See, I love them both. I do too, but I think I have verse. a verse. A... I'm verse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's I'm funny. am in, when... in the corner. I'm in
1: the corner verse, top, bottom, all of it. <laughs> it's funny when bottom say they're versatile uh,
0: <laughs> yes you are yes you are
1: <laughs> who's a good versatile uh, all right um so this isn't a, a share song or a share mm-hmm. title or mm-hmm. anything but if
0: you had a poet who was your sonny bono oh who would it be like just like literary like From my, for me as a person to person or someone who is like my poems that I feel like is like. Yeah.
1: The, the person who like sort of found you, shaped you, then you like rebelled against, but then you had like a grudging, like
0: admiration. You kind of co-parented together a little bit, you know, I'm not giving them any credit on this podcast. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right. I don't know them. Yeah. (laughs) You set me up. What a bitch. You knew exactly, you know exactly what you were doing. I
1: thought you might go there, but I also thought like we could. Whatever you knew.
0: Space. When There's you set up Sunday Photo, I was like, whatever. All right. Last one. Oh, hell no. <laughs>
1: um, Do you believe in life after love?
0: I'm trying to think of it in a literary sense. Yeah. 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 I'll Terrence Hayes told me once that he thinks everybody writes one good book and then every other book they write, they're just writing to impress the few other poets that they really love and respect. And I think that somehow ties into um, that question. You have one great Love and then the life after—it's like you're just really writing for those few people that you love and respect, and wanting them to love the things that you do. Man, that's gonna fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there—that's what you get for the, <laughs> that, that's your sunny Bono, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for playing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a totally musical episode <laughs> where we sing everything, <laughs> and we will have no listeners at the end. Yeah, I mean, I you of- will because you have no. a great voice. You have a lovely voice. I am out of shape. I have not sang in years. Really, I'm out of shape, and also I have not. Sang in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm out of shape, and I'm out of shape vocally. So I want to play a game called that I've called Knockout. Ooh. All right. There is a Bible verse. It's Sunday. So I was thinking I'm going to roughly, I think it's from the book of Joshua. where It says, choose this day, you you choose this day, you, the kingdom you will serve. So, yeah, we love all the beautiful language of shame (laughs) in my past. (laughs) So the reason why I say this is because I'm going to name two poets. And you sort of quickly have to tell me the, tell me the one that you prefer today. Okay. Today. And today. And then I'm, take, then I'm gonna take I'm going take that one and pair it with another one.
1: And you're going to choose
0: between them until we get to the end of my list. And we'll see who your kingdom is today. Oh, and I'll tell you what, I've done
1: this with divas, by the way,
0: my major arcana of divas. So I think I am. I mean, I think every gay man has done that at some point, like Mariah versus Whitney. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could even give the divas back to me in another game. And I would do that. If you could think of them, I would do that. So I think it's kind of fun. And again, it's like, you know, we just want to have fun. So, and get, and also, I think it's fun to bring up writers and get people thinking about them again. Sure. Yeah. Or no girls con- just want to have fun. Yeah. Or continue thinking about them. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Okay. So here are your first two. Okay. And Carson, Lucy Brock Broido. And Carson. And Carson Robert Creeley. And Carson. And Carson Mark Doty. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, Mark Doty. Mark Doty, Rita Dove. Mark Doty. Mark Doty, Jory Graham. Jerry Graham. Jory Graham, Lee Young Lee. Jerry Graham. Jory Graham, Carl Phillips. Carl Phillips. Carl Phillips or I. Carl Phillips. Carl Phillips, Adrian Rich. Carl Phillips. Carl Phillips, Sharon Olds. Sharon Olds. Sharon Olds Plath. That's her whole name. Sharon Olds Plath. <laughs> Sharon Olds, Plath that's your new <laughs> drag name. <laughs> Sharon Olds or Plath? Oh, Plath. Plath or Audrey Lorde? Plath. Plath, you want me to let you off the hook at the end?
1: No, you can keep going if you want. I mean, I
0: just have one more. I know who you're going to oh. answer. Oh, okay, Plath, go for it. Plath or Gwendolyn Brooks? Gwen Lynn Brooks.
1: Yay I, knew, Yay. I knew I knew I could get
0: you to the end <laughs> of the so, not that oh, fun? Oh, you got me so far. But what's fun is like I could rearrange them. Oh and yeah. You would come out to a different one at the end. It was I hard love that. with
1: it's hard with Adrian Rich right now. Like mm-hmm. I love Adrian Rich and she helped me form my queer identity mm-hmm. but like the turfiness of her of her mm-hmm. activism is just mm-hmm. really difficult for me right now in this yeah. moment you know yeah.
0: yeah i had a really famous poet tell me it was pronounced adrian oh and it was like like they corrected me they're like adrian i was like oh mm.
1: wonderful adrian rich <laughs> But I can't I just can't cosign like how essential she is about and especially for like how trans exclusionary she
0: she can read. I agree. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm sorry to even bring this this writer up, but they're so public because my students are all into fantasy and stuff. And uh I have never been able to handle J.K. Rowling, but I'm but I'm happy that my students are like, no like they're just walking away and that's so much their generation and yeah. I'm so happy that they're so just like happy. they can see it they're moving along and I'm like yeah it's just and like I don't know just just to what end is she being so cruel and abusive to the trans it's community really fucked up right yeah yeah yeah. I'm glad that we understand now that her
1: first her her initial stand for just kidding not really an offer. <laughs> exactly Hey, Aaron, welcome to Fact Check for share um, That was so a
0: much- fun episode.
1: That was a wild ride, wasn't it?
0: I loved it. Loved it.
1: So the first thing I have to clear up is that I fucked up Cher's age. And so I'm, <laughs> she, I have my, my backpack.
0: Did she call you?
1: <laughs> she, did. she added me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, so I've got my bags packed. I'm ready for exile. Cher is 75 years old. And I aged her by two years, which is just a gesture towards her immort- immortality.
0: Well, I feel like I knew that because <laughs> I've been thinking, I've been in Pittsburgh and I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, did I lose two years of my life? I was like, what happened? How did she become 77? Who am I? The world's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the pandemic just fucked us all over. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: that's probably it. Um, yeah. And Cher has sold over a hundred million albums yeah. and she has um, most of an EGOT. She has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Academy Award, an Oscar, but mm-hmm. she does not have a Tony just yet. She
0: she should have. Well, they thought she might get one for the Cher musical, but yeah, they gave it. they gave it to the woman who played her. Um, Stephanie, something, but I don't want to keep adding new faxes, and we have to. Up.
1: <laughs> then we have to fact check <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, Stephanie R. Block, but go ahead. Great. Um, also, the poem we reference in uh, "What We Carry," the one that you were talking about, that begins with the speaker having an orgasm, we're very close. It's yes. called "The Lovers," and we'll okay. post a link to that in the in the show notes as well. Um. And Tim Liu's poem "In the Outhouse" is uh, in Burnt Offerings" from Copper Canyon, from 1995. Uh, the word of mouth anthology uh, of gay American poetry was uh, Talisman House, July 1st, 2000. Both are still available. Go buy them online. There'll be links in the show
0: notes. Great. I didn't. I'm, so, I'm glad the gay and lesbian anthology is still available. Sometimes the smaller presses, you know, can go out faster. So that's terrific.
1: Yeah, and I'll put some other stuff like links to Cher and the Elephant and Linda Gregg's Asking for Directions and a little bio of Tim Dugos, too.
0: Oh, and I just looked to it's Stephanie J. Block who played Cher in the musical Monotony. We'll just clear it up. Perfect. Right now. And uh,
1: you also referenced a, a Louise Glick poem called Marina. Um, in, in the Sherapy episode. So
0: folks. Yeah. And the line that. was, and I think, I think I got it correct, but I'll double, I'll read it here. It's three lines. It's a stanza. You took me to a place where I could see the evil in my character and left me there.
1: And I think maybe there's an, uh, instead of a, or the a, instead of an, uh, and we're fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> and then it, and then it ends with, and I, this is so glicky and <laughs> the abandoned cat wails in the empty bed chamber. <laughs> You do say your asshole was quivering when you were going to to meet her.
1: Oh, I love, you know, and I I have dreams about being friends with, I mean, literally I have dreams at night. I wake from where I have hung out with Louise Click and we have talked all night and I feel, I wake up thinking, oh my God, I need to call Louise. I haven't returned her phone. And I'm like, I am not friends. I don't know her phone number
0: that's amazing because i do that with taylor swift i've been backstage at two concerts in my dreams <laughs> i really have they're the best dreams and i was cast in the most in the reboot of sex in the city in my dreams 100 percent honest
1: yeah. Ooh, oh yeah and and i hope you quit that
0: job. hey it, pay, <laughs> it pays better than teaching <laughs> and the clothes are better the so. clothes
1: are so much better right mm-hmm. yeah yes. unfortunately that's true um and the last thing I want to say about Cher, I probably you know today because tomorrow I'll have mm-hmm. more things to say about Cher. Her, I looked up like her two favorite songs, oh, and they are "Save Up All Your Tears." She that's one of that my one.
0: favorites. Yes, me
1: too. And you haven't seen "The Last of Me" yet from Burlesque.
0: That's an amazing one. You know what? I know what one of her least favorite songs is. Oh, say it, just like Jesse James. She and. Is- And I saw her perform the day that JFK Jr. went down and died. And she was apparently friends with him. And that's the one song she cut from that performance. Like when I watched the performance other places, she cut that song from the show.
1: Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. She also kind of hated I Got You, Babe, when Sonny played it for her. Yeah. She, she, she said, You got me out of bed to, to listen to this. I'm <laughs> going back to bed. That, that's a dud.
0: My sonny Bono. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible, Muriel. <Emilio>. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, great to fact check with you. Always good to see you.
0: Good to see you too. Nice to be seen. Nice to be seen and, and be seen, seen, <laughs> <laughs> and, and nice to save up all our tears.
1: Hey everyone! Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please go to the Apple Store, search for our podcast, and leave a five star review. And if you didn't, please remember, not for everyone. We should I should I stop today?